0: Twelve questions. Very excited to be here today. Um, very tired. Very into it. Just like ready to get into these 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 questions. These spiritual principles. <laughs> And I'm here today with my co-host, Mr. Dave Yates.
1: Hi, I'm Dave Yates, also from 12 Questions, the podcast you're currently listening to.
0: Oh, did it's I forget like, to say the podcast? No, no,
1: you said from 12 Questions, like we're like on someone else's podcast. Like,
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. But I was yeah. just like, well,
1: yeah, I'm here too from 12 Questions, the current podcast. This is. Going.
0: This, this is 12 yeah. questions yeah, the podcast.
1: Yeah, this isn't the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, I
2: hope so. people are on the the video Patreon too cuz then they could have seen how uncomfortable I got when you got to the part about spiritual principles <laughs> like on my face immediately <laughs> to start the podcast.
0: This I love this. I love this podcast cuz it's really it's really Uh, once I hit record, you know, there should be a uniform to it, but every time it's a little bit different. It's everyone is a little bit different. And since this one's a little bit different, who are we speaking to today? Who's this guest that we Uh,
2: have? I am John Conroy. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's exciting to be here. I, uh, (laughs) I'm new to, I'm new to recovery, uh, five months in. Uh, so try to enjoy the entertainment side of me more than the recovery. (laughs) Aspect, I guess.
1: Well, you know, I, I've known I've known John probably for the better part of my 10 year comedy career. Like I met you in central Illinois, Bloomington, yeah. Illinois, right? Yeah. Wow. yeah that, that was my first home club. So and I was probably like maybe like a, a year into comedy when you and I met. So it's like we've known each other for a very long time. And so that's why I was excited that you agreed to be a guest on the podcast.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's been a minute. We've been friends for a long time
1: yeah man and that i mean honestly in this business that's just that's the good shit that's the that's the cherry on the the shit Sunday that we deal with is that you, you, you make friends that you've seen for a long time and then sometimes when you're on the road and people are working in a similar uh area, everybody meets up for lunch and that's just like a good family reunion type
0: deal. Yeah. I was thinking about like cousins like primos, like like the cousin you haven't seen in ten years, but you get yes. together and you're you're just doing the same, yeah. you know, you're you're you pick up right where you left off and that's a beautiful yeah. thing. That is the great part about stand up, Like you end up
2: like you run into a best friend you haven't seen in so long more often than I think most people.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you could be having the most shit weekend at the most terrible gig and find out that someone you care about is within an hour radius of you. You're going.
2: That's the only thing that matters, right? Like who you're working with is the only like
0: (laughs) it's a game changer. It's a game changer. (laughs) I love this. Well, John, you're gonna be very excited because Dave wrote this incredible clarity statement for this podcast. And since you've been friends for a really long time, I just want you to marvel at his like amazing ability (laughs) to bring this podcast into a sense of professionalism. All right, Dave, go for it.
1: (laughs) I'm for it, all right. right. Well, here's that clarity statement. Feel free to judge my writing abilities. Uh, Welcome to 12 (laughs) Questions. We're a podcast where we believe growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences with guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AANA or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. We're simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to give hope to anyone struggling. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. We only hope that you can learn something about yourselves by listening.
0: Yes. Yeah so that's what we're doing here. That's what we're about. That's and a we're... mission statement. Hey, babe. So I, it's
2: the second time I heard it. So I, I I listened to the Jackie Cation episode because she's one of my favorite comics. So I was amazing. like, amazing. Oh, that's how I'm going to prepare for this because I read the first question that he sent me, and I was like, I'm not preparing by reading the questions. That's no way. <laughs> okay.
0: Some people Which, love it. Uh, I'm I'm one of those people. I have a feeling, Dave, you'd be a person who would want to read the questions in advance, and I'm just like surprise me. <laughs> yeah, some people like to be prepared.
1: Some people like to raw dog a podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> so sure. we know. So let's let's get into this spiritual raw dogging with John Conroy. Uh, John, question one: What does surrender look like to you?
2: So uh, that's the question that I read and, uh, I guess you can take it two ways. I surrendered to the fact that we were going to improv this podcast immediately. <laughs> I was like, I guess we're going off the cuffs. Um, as far as <laughs> surrender otherwise, I think it's probably what I'm worst at in the whole world. Like, you know, that, uh, oh, that's Chloe. Hi. She's going to say hi to someone. I don't know if you guys caught that, but, um, I'm the worst at it. Like, you know, that saying like, uh, like, oh, that's like a really small hill to die on. I've died on hills that were the Grand Canyon. Like (laughs) I can't let the smallest thing go. If I feel even a little bit principled about it uh, or passionate about it, I will argue for days. I'll go back. Like I'm just capable of holding an argument in my head for months
1: yeah, it's a it's a people, places, and things. Like I uh, I still would like to control people, places, and things, especially especially on the internet. Like I I've reserved myself to not arguing as much uh, as your average Joe <laughs> on the internet, but certain things I'll take up arms with and. The most recent things that I don't surrender to with people's opinions is one: the weekend Super Bowl halftime show. I am I am happy to die on the hill that it was wonderful. Uh, and then the second one I will argue is the uh, the people that think student loan debt sh- uh, should not be forgiven. Uh, and I quote: because it wouldn't be fair to those of us who paid them all. So I know that's that's a, a
0: thing you've <laughs> read. That's crazy. Oh, girl. Girl.
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh you know because i paid them you should have to too like regardless of like man wouldn't you want someone's life to just be a tad bit easier than the life you had and and that's i think the common thing with like americans or and sometimes people in recovery it's just like i want you to have it as bad as i had it so that you can know what i know which is mm. complete dog shit you know
0: yeah my, I have a very good friend. Um, we should get her back on. She's been a guest, uh, OG episode, Chelsea K, and uh, she's a she's a therapist. And she uh, she basically we call it an inflamed sense of justice. That's what she <laughs> she has an inflamed sense of justice. And what'll happen is is she'll. Um, she'll end up it like it working in, in institutions where she's there to help people, and she'll immediately see the faults of the institution and start ra- like raging against the machine. Like, <laughs> and and she'll she'll call me and she'll be like, "Girl, I have that inflamed sense of justice," and we'll just start laughing because it is. I think everyone's prone to that. There's that one thing where it's like, "I'm gonna die on this hill." You hear you hear me. This is it. This is my line. You know, I have a, we have a friend, Dave and I have a friend who's Hill and she's new in recovery as well. Her her Hill was mustard on an Italian sandwich. Every time you could talk to her, she called, to. she yelled at her roommate, then called to yell at me about the mustard on the Italian sandwich, then texted my roommate about the mustard on the Italian sandwich. And I was like, man, that is a, uh, Ooh, that is, it's a hell of a that's a hell of a thing not to surrender. Who gives a shit?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure. She didn't want mustard on it, or she wanted mustard. Yeah, on. She doesn't believe mustard belongs on one. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Did you also she... get a call
0: about it, Dave? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> she called you after mm-hmm. to yell okay. a, about mustard on being on an Italian sandwich.
2: That's definitely. Completely same behavior.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so she's right down there with you with the, in the Grand Canyon.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, well s- sub question.
0: I uh, can see it in other
1: people. In other people. Yeah. yeah. Sub question. Um, given that uh, up top you said you're, you're five months in to to this recovery, uh, what did surrender look like to you five months ago to 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 begin a recovery journey? Yep, um, not all dick jokes <laughs> Right uh,
2: I don't. I always I guess I, I've been trying to get sober Since I was like 26, 27 And I always had in my mind that like I, You know I, I don't know I, I, I have a, a fixation with dying young And I always thought If I make it to 40 I'll have to just give that up And, uh, and give it a, this sobriety honest go. And, uh, I always thought like in sort of like a general,
1: uh, sense
2: in that. And then I ended up at a detox facility on my 40th birthday. And I was like, well, this is, um, yeah, this is, uh, preordained to some degree. Like I'm not a superstitious person at all. Like I just was at a thing. The other, uh, I I was at a meeting the other day. And I'd been hit in the head by a snowball Off the, the AA meeting house And I was just talking about how like I don't believe in that shit at all Like I'm like I'm I, My worst fear is like something like that Will happen and then in 50 years I'm sharing at a meeting like And then God hit me in the face with a snowball And um, But I don't know It felt um, Like I was in the right place for once uh, So uh, I decided. I. I. I don't know that I've fully surrendered to the fact that I'm an alcoholic, but I'm not going to fight the good parts of the program any longer.
1: I mean, that's. I mean, that's. Uh... That's surrender, right? Not getting yeah. up the fight. So. Yeah. So call it what you can call it there's a little bit of surrender in there i mean yeah i think it takes i think it takes a a longer time for some individuals just to completely let go and accept that like surrender and acceptance go hand in hand but i mean i'm a big uh leave the door of willingness open a crack kind of person Mm. where it's like i'm not as i'm not as dig my heels in the sand like this door remains shut even if it's open a sliver i feel like that's that's enough to keep moving forward
0: yeah, it's that the the how of it, the honesty, open mindedness, and willingness. You know, like we don't have to. I remember a couple, couple maybe a year or so in, sharing at a meeting how for a long time I wasn't sure if I belonged there, and there was a person there, the person who Eskimoed me in, was like, was like, girl, I saw you use, you belong here. <laughs> And everybody started laughing at me. And I was like, ha, 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 okay. <laughs> so it's a, it's a whole thing. But what, you know, you mentioned detox, which that's yes. a thing. That's a thing I, I always think about with people. I'm like, you know, if you're, if you're in a facility because uh, you can't stop doing the thing, may, maybe it's a problem. Uh, yes. You know, or if you stop doing the thing, your your body will get the shaky, shaky, strokey tremors. You know, like like you want to, you have to be monitored. Maybe it's a problem, and it's a true sign of insanity. And I'm that's no that's no shade. That's no shade. I think people need to get help. Get the fucking help. You know what I mean? People always ask me, they're like, if I'm detoxing from this specific substance, what should I do? And I'm like, uh, go to a doctor. <laughs> go to a facility you can't do that shit at home fool so what what's maybe been like the most insane moment of your either you using or your recovery thus far
2: i mean uh i could i guess uh I mean, i've had clinical moments um i've uh you know i've had uh, psychotic episodes uh i ended up I think I had delirium tremens once when I was in my early 20s and I ended up on the lawn of the Japanese embassy here in D.C. in my underwear, screaming about how I'd uncovered a terrorist attack. Um, so that was a, a moment of, I think, uh, technical insanity. Um, <laughs> yeah, te- technical. Not technical. Special, I think ideas. that lives up to any doctor's definition like um, you out
0: here trying to gentrify pretty and pink.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I—I I mean, I, I, it was—it got real. I mean, the DC police showed up and um, you know uh, restrained me, and um, which is what they will do to you, you know, um, if you're uh, if you act like that and you're white. Um, so I got very lucky, uh, and I ended up in a mental hospital out of it. So that was certainly a moment of insanity. And there've been others along the way too. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I have a sober one I would point to necessarily. Uh, yeah. I can't think of one. If I come, if I think of one, I'll come back. Do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I
0: love so, that. I'm just imagining. Oh, that's someone... not true.
2: I, that's not true. Oh, I have, uh, I do. Yes. Um, I, I can't believe I forgot to this story. But uh, when I first decided to go to rehab, this was in um, early uh, 2007. Um, it was like a week before the Super Bowl. And I I didn't know anything about alcoholism. I just told my parents, like, I have a problem. I need to go to rehab. And they were like, fine. So we found a rehab and I was like leaving in a week. And they're like, you can't drink while you're at the house though. Which, because we didn't know anything about it. We didn't know I should be tapering off or anything like that. So I just like cold turkeyed it for a week. But it was around the time of the Super Bowl. And I remember I was going to a Super Bowl party And I was like, well, what am I going to drink at the Super Bowl party? And I bought a case of non-alcoholic beer for the Super Bowl party. And I drank a full case of non-alcoholic beer. It was the most insane thing I've ever done, (laughs) drunk or sober. It is. And I've talked about it in my act. Like, I've done a joke about how, like, at that point, I had a non-alcohol problem. Uh, But it truly was... Like I it felt like what as am I even doing like it is like too much to drink even if it's water, like a case of non-alcoholic beer. Um so there you go. There's a sober insane moment. For oh you. my
0: god, all the mud, but none of the fun. It was miserable.
2: <laughs> I've never that was the most miserable night of my entire life, I think.
0: You got to get into that LaCroix game. Bubbly's making a caffeinated version. Dave had one against his will the other day. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> mm. I,
1: you know, it's funny. Everybody brings up the non-alcoholic beer point in like, but I, I pass no judgment on people who will still drink NA beers but like I was told like in the beginning like when I first got sober my sponsor like I was going out to the comedy club and like oh I'll just drink NA beer from now on and then I told my sponsor about it he's like non-alcoholic beer is for non-alcoholics and I'm like oh.
2: <laughs> it's, t-
1: uh, it's
2: I, I'm not a strip club person but it feels like going to a strip club and hanging out with the bouncer to me
1: I don't <laughs> That's a good analogy. I've not heard. That did long. not <laughs> did not get it done for me. Well, yeah, the, back well, in the... the bouncer's a big enough guy with some titties, you know. So <laughs> club, I mean, at least you're talking to some titties. Yeah, sure. Have you ever
0: met a bouncer without titties?
1: Oh yeah, um, uh, no, I don't know that I have.
2: See, well, any
1: good bouncer,
2: any, any good, good
0: bouncer has titties. Yeah, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I'm
2: that's just... how you th- like a good non-confrontational bouncer. You're right. Yeah, like a little bit of titties that says, "Like I'm not a roadhouse bouncer. We can all be chill here." Yeah, but I will yeah. crush you.
0: Exactly, I will crush you if you stand yeah. to me. Yeah, um, that's that's amazing. Um I I love that. Uh, wait till here's here's a look into your future. Wait till about five <laughs> years when you start getting into tea. <laughs> oh yes, sure. <laughs> Tea becomes a thing, (laughs) and then and then if you're Dave, it's cold brew. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, I'm already I'm already ramping that up. I've done it (laughs) with I did it with Monster Energy drinks twelve years ago. Oh, finally,
0: (laughs) finally outgrew that.
1: Yeah, that's a sometimes food for me now.
0: That's a (laughs) yeah, yeah. There was you know, there's I think I think the Lord, whatever the Lord may be. The spaghetti monster in the sky i think i think whatever that is out there every day that four loco wasn't a thing when i was still drinking uh because i'd be dead
1: <laughs> yeah four, that's four, four loco when i was still drinking was just vodka and cocaine that, that that's the og four loco it's four uh, in the morning and you're ripping rails and drinking fucking aristocrat vodka that's four loco
0: my... I had roommates that would do go fast drugs and kick me out of the house, make me sit on the porch because I already go fast enough. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, John, this is fantastic. You're a delight. You're very funny. Oh, thank you.
2: That's thank you.
0: I'm so excited. Um, (laughs) How do you make decisions now? Five months in. Uh,
2: so uh, I just try to like stay away from any like instinct of like, damn the torpedoes. Like as long as I can, as long as I'm comfortable, like with, like th- this weekend, I almost ran off to New York to go to an outdoor show. Cause I was like, ah, oh, it's fun. Everything's opening up. And in my head, like the whole time I was like, you know, that's a bad idea. Like, you know, there's no reason for you to go to like, what am I trying to beat the spring to New York? Like there's no reason I have to be in New York that I can't be in New York in 6 weeks. Mm-hmm. So I just listen to I hear that side's argument out a little better. Um and 9 times out of 10 I still end up going. But, you know, I'll uh, I'll take the as long as I as long as I stay out of trouble that one out of 10 times that's success for me. So I'll take
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I think that those, I love the analogy of damn the torpedoes. That's so funny because that is the, I read in a book last night, I was in a book study meeting. I read in a book that, you know, what God's will is when, um, when the noise in your head shuts off and whatever that damn the torpedoes like thought is that's the opposite that's all noise that's sirens that's screaming that's that's every little bit of information a human being can throw at you and it's all coming from inside your brain and so i think that that's really smart that you've that you've at least that you've recognized that <clears throat> that a bad decision comes with that that mosh pit of noise right like if
2: i start to now if i start to think like I don't care I'm going to do it anyway I like oh wait a second <laughs> let's maybe we should back that up from and think about why why we're so set on doing it can't we just talk out the things we know are wrong so we feel a little bit better about doing it but yeah.
0: If yeah, I can't pe- even get there, I know there's a problem, right? People in recovery never yelled YOLO when that was a thing. Like oh, they were just like, mm, maybe not. Yeah.
2: I
1: so <laughs> yeah, enjoyed I'm that. Phrase. I'm old enough. I, I'm a I'm a carpe the fuck out of this DM kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have any. I don't have any issues with not seizing days. I just. Yeah. I just need to talk myself out of eight hours of driving for 10 minutes of stage time.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Right. Were you? Were you even going to get paid? No,
2: probably not. <laughs> of course not. No.
0: <laughs> I mean, in my head, there were scenarios
1: where it happened, but.
0: How where long you have found, you been yeah, doing stand up?
1: Twenty dollars on the ground uh, like <laughs> some rich guy in the audience is like, here's a hundred dollars. I was like
2: 13 years in when we stopped.
0: Okay, so uh, I guess 14 yeah. years. So you're, if not you're counting.
2: No, <laughs> it just does not count. I saw <laughs> talk about talk about a hill I want to die on. Holy shit. I saw uh, somebody post that they've been doing stand-up for one year and I was like, no, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, that's not what you've been doing.
1: Um But I honestly think that all of this we're talking about is what I like to call honest self-appraisal. And I think that's super important for recovery as well as any endeavor, be it stand-up or anything you're trying to get better at. Uh, John, what is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself up until this point?
2: The most surprising thing I've learned about myself? Like in recovery, you say?
1: Um, Or just as the human being, that's John Conroy.
2: Um, I, I honestly, um, I, I think the last year's, uh, been a real blessing for me just in the sense, like I was always one of those people who, you know, claimed you should be up seven nights a week, um, you know, doing 20 sets a week or whatever, mm-hmm. as much as you could. Um, uh, and that, I mean, that I, I, I'm glad I did that. Um, I think for someone that had the kind of stage fright I had, I don't think I would have ever been Mm. completely comfortable on stage if I hadn't made it a daily part of my life, Mm. but I took it way too far, way too far and was way too obsessed with the job and, and, you know, whatever I thought was working at it that I stopped enjoying it. Um, and, uh, you know this uh period i'll never i'll never worry about not not going out and doing a bunch of free shows to work on new material again yep. if it's something that um i think is the right choice for me as a person mm-hmm. and I, I i don't think um i that's a level of maturity i never p- possessed pre-pandemic so mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's the pandemic or this new uh, lease on recovery, but um, that's one thing I'm learning and I hope sticks.
1: I think it could be a pinch of both. I -hmm. I think that's the, I I feel the same way where, uh, you know, the limited amount of times I've been able to get up via either zoom or otherwise, I I'm pleasantly surprised that I don't feel like I've gotten any less funnier with, with, with with a fraction of the amount of stage time that I, I, I was accustomed to.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I realized that was about that too, is, uh, and I mean, I, the worry that you would get rusty or something during this is uh, in just a couple of shows back or outdoor shows or socially distance, whatever you can do is that the audience is experiencing it with us mm-hmm. and they're better They're They are not taking things for granted when they're out to see a show. True. So they're better and it makes it easier for you to get in the pocket. Rust is not gonna be as big a problem for people as they think. No, absolutely. Your muscle memory will come back. And the joy we're all gonna feel to be able to be out and be social is gonna carry whatever rust there would have been.
1: Yeah, like the, absolutely. St- the stakes have never been lower. Like right. that's I tell people, like the stakes have never been lower people are just super grateful to to be experiencing some minutia of normalcy you know whenever you get a chance to do it um and that's too that comes with just being honest with myself like i i'm i'm a habitual beat the shit out of myself person until i get honest you know so uh john how honest are you with yourself and others uh i mean to
2: the point i have to watch my tongue uh like yeah i mean i can be pretty harsh on um and judgmental on others and i'm uh uh certainly care capable of uh be honesty isn't even fair what i do to my it's self-loathing they're really um there's no two ways about it um but I, i you know um it's hard for me to draw the line between uh, critical of myself and uh, self-loathing sometimes. So mm. I, I, I like to wrestle with it.
1: Do you feel like you're better at self-loathing now uh, in this recovery than you were, or do you feel like it's still? No,
2: I'm. Uh, I, no, alcohol Not is the the per like is the fuel that makes it go. No hate instead. Like yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Like I if I'm if there isn't any booze um i can draw that part of me back thankfully
0: yeah i have a um god for the first few for the for the first year at least i couldn't i had a really hard time sleeping because i would lay my head down at night and just hear myself loathing screaming at me again the noise in my head is very much a prevalent thing and um i totally understand that it's very um it's it's very uh, exhausting, and um, and it doesn't work, you know, my stuff <laughs> But I, I hate to tell you this, it doesn't get a lot better. I, well, it gets different. It's not as common anymore, but when I get into it, I get into it and I recognize it. And then I call a friend and I say, hey, this is what I'm telling myself. Like, I literally beat up on myself for, I had a day... Um, My first day, I I started to go back to school and I called my friend and I said, you know, my head just keeps telling me what a fucking loser I am. All my friends are, you know, booking, you know, they're booking shows and they're doing stuff and they're making money and their podcasts are, you know, on these huge networks. And what am I doing? I'm going to community college. Mm -hmm. And she was like what is this Olympic-level self-loathing that you are demonstrating right now? Are you trying to win a gold medal in (laughs) self-loathing? She just sort of busted on me. Because it's true. It's like, she's like, you're literally bettering yourself, and you're out here beating yourself up for it. Could you fucking stop it? (laughs) And I was like, thank you. I needed to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) So, I do do have to say, too, the... um, one thing you know, when you talked about rust a second ago, you know, and and the obsession with the job, I related to you so much because that was me. Everyone thought I lived in their neighborhood everyone thought I lived in their city because I was always at their show always at their mic I was I never dipped under ten sets a week like for l a that's a sure. that's a lot yes that's yeah that's, yeah yeah and um, and I did that for two years and some change and then um i had physical health problems as a result my i was spiritually mentally and physically sick and i was so physically sick i had to change my relationship with the job and watching people come into the pandemic and seeing them experience the exact Same frustration that I had I had a lot of empathy for that But then there was also a part of me that was like Yes, welcome Welcome to you can only lay in bed And eat cheese (laughs) So I don't know That's crazy But how is your Like what is your relationship To fear and anxiety right now With everything going on
2: Hello there This is Nicole Yates host of the DigiEat Podcast. Join me each Thursday as I talk to all sorts of interesting people from all over the place about food and life. Because really, isn't that all that matters anyway? That's every
1: Thursday on the DigiEat Podcast, available everywhere you get your podcasts. And hey, Digi-Eat?
2: Um... I, I, I don't know... Uh... I I'm the, so I don't think of myself as a particularly uh, fearful person. Um, and um, I'm just sort of going about, I, you know, I, I feel all right with. Uh, I, I think things are going to work out for me, so I'm not too concerned at the moment. Um, as far as fear, uh, you know, I'm a... a I usually uh, fight with my humor mechanism until I'm losing soundly enough uh, to flight uh, to, to get the hell out of there.
0: Can you explain um, that? That's, I love, I love how you phrase that. I would just love to hear like your explanation. Um, I mean, there's,
2: there's no type, uh, like I can't imagine anything happening that I couldn't make a joke out of it. Like even that, psych ward story like down the line it's funny to me so mm-hmm. i don't um i don't know Humor's the only thing that's ever worked for me as a mechanism to fight fear and anxiety and i find if i can write a joke about something it takes the power out of it yeah. if something's r- really bothering me like i i i can't fear and anxiety when they go wrong for me i become angry
0: yeah. Um, and
2: if I'm angry, I need to get out into nature somewhere and find a way to write a joke about what just happened. It's the only way I'm going to let it go. Yeah. Um. And so that's you know now I try to realize that and if uh, and give myself time for that process. So
0: my um uh, my dude is helping me with a statistics class. And I realized that in the time I've not spent in college, I had forgotten how to like read a basic graph. And we're sitting there, he's helping me. And I look up at him and I go, I don't think I should be allowed to vote. I think I just found out that I'm not <laughs> smart enough to vote. And so as the, as his tutoring went on and more and more challenges appeared, I used that humor mechanism. I'd be like, so I guess I can't go to the grocery store unattended. Uh, you gonna, Are you yeah. gonna put me on a leash? And he was like, if you keep talking, we're gonna end up, uh, <laughs> what did he say that cracked me up? I said, maybe we should record this. This is very funny because he's cracking up, I'm cracking up. And he said, yeah, so we could get a show on compound media, that'd be great. Um, right. <laughs> but 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 any anything
2: but to admit that you should just relearn how to read a graph, right?
0: Oh right, well, <laughs> like, but the humor was part of the admission. I was like, yes, like like, yeah, it was it was that oh, oh, And then I cracked a joke. Instead of using the humor to avoid the issue, I used the humor to soften the blow of the surrender. Does that make sense?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah,
2: that's probably the healthy way to do it. I'm more with the avoidance.
0: I don't know. I was beating up on myself the whole time. (laughs) As
2: as long as I don't as long as I don't run out of tags, we can't discuss the problem.
1: Well, yeah, (laughs) I'll never never run out of tags. I'm I'm an endless pit of tags.
2: <laughs>
1: someone needs to pay me to be an endless pit of tags that's my goal in life Is just to fucking you pay me money and i'll sit there and just keep feeding you fucking lines that, that is that's the world i want to live in
2: they do that i think they think they call that punch-up writing you just got to be better yeah. than Patton oswalt to do it so
1: <laughs> well we're working on it right <laughs> So what defects of character would you say, John, that you've either turned over or uh, tried to work on? Okay.
2: Um, Yeah, so I I can be definitely controlling. Um, I guess um, working on being less impulsive Mm. is probably the biggest thing for me because um, it's not um you know alcohol itself was awful for me but uh i it doesn't have to be alcohol any drug sure. i can mm-hmm. and and i mean i can i like i just said i can act impulsively about stand up and that can mm-hmm. um that can trigger um you know for a long time i used stand up as my higher power and mm-hmm. um that didn't work out well yeah um in the end shocking Shocking. right um against again by the way against the warnings of many many people um but um yeah so now i guess the uh just controlling my impulses would be the number one
1: well i think too drink i mean drinking and doing drugs is impulsive you know like it's you get that thought in your head and you get that itch and you got to scratch it and it's just like how much how much pause do we do we have on any given day to let that that itch go unscratched, you
0: know? Yeah, and impulsivity comes up a lot for me in my six and seven step process because I am a naturally impulsive person, like a chemically impulsive person, um, and uh, I have a lot of regrets around the things that I say and how I say them because I didn't take a moment to pause and think how can i say this kindly and um and like before when i was like when i was like let me pull my foot i've spent my whole first year feeling like i was constantly prying my foot out of my mouth and nobody noticed it was just me you know sometimes people would be like what are you talking about but uh but yeah i i definitely um i definitely get that that impulsivity is uh it's real. It's real because it feels so fun. you're like, I have a thought. Do it. Ah! You know? And then it, it can be very, um, it can lead us into defects that like, other defects. You know what I mean? Yes? No? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm what a great you. interviewer I am! I'm like, here's the thing, <laughs> I relate, also agree with me. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Dave, get the next one. I'm I'm melting down over sure. here.
1: <laughs> John, how do you how do you experience forgiveness? <sighs> um, could be yourself, could be for others, doesn't matter. Yeah. How do I
2: experience? I'm always shocked at people's ability to forgive. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess um, uh, yeah, I'm in awe of people who do it well. Um, I uh, i'm I'm pr- pretty good at letting things go. Um, but I've had, uh, some grief that's really made that the case. Um, you know, uh, I, I had a, I was pretty resentful of my father, uh, before I lost him. And, uh, it's weird for, for me, death, it's it sort of strips the, the bad memories of people. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, it's a, a a little while before my father died, a a guy that um, I had been really close friends with for a long time, but we become really uh, enemies would have been too kind of word. We we were really uh, out for blood for each other. Mm. And um, we, we didn't make it very easy on um, all of our friends in the same scene. Um, And uh, it was well known. We didn't like each other. And then, something happened to him and it it's weird. The the next day I like, I mean, I still remember the thing that triggered what happened between us, but I don't have any negative feelings or memories of him left. Like I could tell you what it was, but all I could remember of him was the good times we'd spent together. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess uh, having been through that, I don't have a hard time, um, letting go people who've letting go with
1: people who may have wronged me. Yeah. I think grief is one of those things that it just, it snaps all the things that you thought were important. It's, it snaps them out of focus because, you know, it's it's a reminder i mean we float through life avoiding death and grief like the plague Mm -hmm. you know and that's just as a society regardless of being a comedian or not um it just it makes you truly realize that it's like none of this shit matters Mm -hmm. in the end like it doesn't you know your your resentments your beliefs your it's just in the end it's just like you're just stripped down to like oh we don't got a lot of time on this spinning blue ball, so what, what does it fucking matter? And two, like, my give-a-fuck tank, when my father passed, it, it, it remained so empty. And to this day, I think, you know, my give-a-fuck tank remaining at a quarter tank sometimes is just, it's, it's good for me. It, it's the, the positive consequence of grief and pain and death for me is that the things that used to irk me, just they, they can't get in anymore because there might be a numbness or a callousness to those annoyances. Now, do I get annoyed at people, places and things? Absolutely. But it's just like, I feel like I have a little bit better of, a, I guess, of, of an armor against the little things because of, of that pain. If that makes any sense? No, doesn't.
0: I it makes sense to me. I, I love
1: I love the nonverbal cues on the podcast. That we're <laughs> all, like we're shaking our heads, and I'm like, all right, guys. Like the audience is listening, so we got we got to go, yup, or something.
0: Yeah, John. <laughs> John you have this beautiful ability. I, it's very interesting because you when you take in information. Um, and someone's relating their experience, strength, and hope in you. With you, you pause and you really take it in. That's what I'm seeing, at least. That's over Zoom. That's what it looks like. It, it looks like that you're just like, hmm, yeah. You know, I
2: definitely. Well, I de- I have no experience in radio, so dead air doesn't scare me even a little bit. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> well, I can't edit it out. Will I? I don't know. But yeah, I can't edit it out. No,
2: I'm. De- I, I mean. <laughs> um yeah, um that that's another one of my character defects I'm trying to work on is is listening. So um I'm glad I apparently it's it might be working a, a tiny bit.
0: You're crushing so, it. You're okay. crushing it. You're <laughs> just that listening muscle. She's strong today. I love it. It's it's amazing. And I mean, we are, I, it's always nice when we have a dead dad's club podcast. Um, we're all, we're all out here in this dead dad's club and, um, Uh, Oh, go ahead.
2: uh, Your, your father, how long has your father been gone? Um,
0: Uh, I lost my father when I was 17. So since 99 and I lost my mom in 08. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, how about you? How long is, is, How long has it been? Uh,
2: it's 2013.
0: 2013, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, um, you know, com- especially, I think, uh, Brené Brown called it complex grief, is the phenomenon of, of grief, where it's mixed with resentment and anger and, and fear and, and all of that, and it's very difficult, uh, and it really requires, for many people, myself included, it requires professional help. Um, it was the, ultimately, it was the event, my mom's death was the event that pushed me into getting therapy. And, um... And and by pushed I mean my sponsor told me to go to therapy or stop calling her because I was a mess. I was I, I'm serious. I was gonna put hands on someone. I was crazy. I was mean. I was wow. like, I was like, I, I, I once told the therapist, like, what do I have to say to you to stop feeling like I could punch a pumpy in the face? Like I was raging angry. And this is with like ten years. I was like, ah, like I could fight at any time. And um and I um I, the first thing, you know, she said, okay, because I was pissing her off. I really was. Because I told the therapist, listen, I'm only going to see you for six months. And I just want to deal with this, this, um, this anger shit. I don't want to talk about the past. I'm over it. Let's just move forward. And she just looked at me. She goes, okay, what about your dad's death still haunts you today? And, and I, she said, just describe the weeks before and the weeks after his death. And I had that kind of cry. The, like, therapists call it the ugly cry. It's when you know you've, like, finally broken through. Where, like, uh, like, mocos, just like, <laughs> like, you know, where you're nauseous, you've cried so hard. And it turned out to be, like, one of the most powerful days in my recovery because I walked over. It was next to where a meeting hall was. And I walked over to a meeting, just tears in my eyes, completely shaken. And my whole sponsorship family was there. And they look at me and they're like, come on in, honey. And they were just like, remember, this is the this is the eighth and ninth step in action. You're doing the work, so you never have to repeat these patterns again. And um, and it was it was hard. But yeah, grief is grief is a motherfucker. And um, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast because there isn't really Um, because forgiveness is more complex, right? Forgiveness, it usually comes up around the concept of forgiveness because forgiveness is the ability to accept who that person was in the moment of harm and to accept who we were in the moment of harm, and oftentimes, when it comes to gr- there's a grieving of a perception of ourselves and a grieving of our perception and expectations of other people, and that that's really why grief comes up so much around this question and why it came up so much for me at that point in my life. So I I get it. I totally get what you said. Yeah. And um,
1: grief be that thing that I don't think uh, a twelve step recovery based in drugs and alcohol is equipped, just it's not enough. And that I'll I'll maintain that to the day I die, Uh, no pun intended, Uh, is that alcohol and drug addiction, 12-step recovery is not enough to handle complex grief. It kept my head above water, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, but it wasn't enough, you know, so it's just like, you know, there wasn't enough, there wasn't any amount of step work that I could do That was gonna uh, be a better suited tool for fixing myself than than actual grief therapy was. Yeah. And I'm still not anywhere near where I wanna be with it, but I'm far better than I was, you know, let's say a year ago with it.
0: Totally. Totally. It's like putting a band aid on a wound that needs stitches.
1: Uh, Exactly.
0: Yeah. Totally. Totally. Well, I understand that you're you're new in your in your journey like not so new and I I love that you're being so vulnerable with us because um it's like they say in meetings like the person with 30 the person with 3 days is going to relate more to the person with 30 days than they are to the person with 30 years, right? And sure. so like what have you received any strange amends or given any strange amends in this five months like anything weird anything funny anything or just, you know we're super as surprising like could be super deep you know whatever whatever comes to mind
2: um I I yeah I, there was someone um who I separated from right when I um right when I went to detox. And I thought that I would hold a resentment towards that person for a long, long time. And um, she and I patched things up on Christmas. Um, And uh, I don't know, it was was pretty surprising. Um, Nice. So that would be, yeah. (laughs) That's what I'd go with. That's called
1: hope, dog. And
2: yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, I thought I was, I had a lot of anger and I thought that I was gonna take it out on stage talking about that and it was going to be detrimental to that person. And I don't know how, but whatever has happened to me over the last couple of months has allowed me to get over that and not hold such contempt for that person.
1: Yeah. That's doing the deal. That's what they're for. That's, that's what that's, (laughs) that's, I mean, that's just, that's the difference between just not drinking and not doing drugs of action and then actually like working towards a solution that, that, that works for your specific person, you know? Um, and I, and I feel like a lot of people, um, turn to like a spiritual practice for that. Sometimes, um, I wouldn't say I'm the most spiritually fit individual that ever walked the earth. Um, but John, do you have a spiritual practice on a day to day basis or what does that look like for you?
2: Um, it's, uh, in progress, yeah. um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I it'll it would it's some kind of Western philosophy um, for sure, the universe or something. Um, but I um, um, I just, uh, I have a, a lot of resentment over uh, religion um, and God, so I pray for God um, because I was taught. Uh, to pray for those we ever met resentments for. So yeah. I pray for, uh, if there is a God, uh, he gets a lot of prayers from me. Um, but uh, that's that's as comfortable as I am talking to the ethereal.
1: Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I, I believe the same thing. It's just like, I think the act of at least trying to, figure out what that looks like for me. Just the 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 try is 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 where it's at instead of the fuck it I'm not trying. Which I've been I've I've been in many many moments throughout my recovery. Uh get a case of the old fuck it's as it were.
0: Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I know that it is and it's cool. That's my that's my super intellectual version of God. (laughs) I'm just like I don't know where you are. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) You good though. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean so J- do, do you say you have any kind of relationship with a higher power or what what is a higher power in, in in your opinion what does that look like like and what's your relationship with it and it's okay not to have one either you ask hold on one second yeah you're good man i got to grab my chart
0: nice we're almost done tell your phone okay. we're almost done it's gonna be all right <laughs> we
1: got we got well, it we is got at two more to go
2: one percent oh
0: <laughs> i love I'm it i'm
1: just gonna actually
0: <laughs>
1: taking it to the limit
0: yeah i once put, like posted a screen grab and the comment that cracked me up the most was like damn five percent girl you live it on the edge <laughs> i was like thank you <laughs> Hi, Katie. Bye, Katie.
1: Mm-hmm. So, at I think uh, edits at seven and uh, eleven.
0: Okay. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. got this. Mm-hmm. How would you like the last one? The last, the last podcast. Did you listen to it for a second to get some of the sound quality?
1: I've been. Packing, moving boxes. Oh yeah, that's true. Days.
0: You busy? I got you. So
1: I'll, I'll I'll give it. I'll right, give sorry, it. Good. you're
0: good. Though. Yeah, don't worry about it. We're we're gonna make this work. You get that new house. You get a house. <laughs> you're a grown up. You're getting a house, a whole ho- a dwelling, a domicile.
1: All right, John. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna hop into question eleven here. What what yeah. is your relationship with your higher power, if you have one? Look like
2: um yeah just the universe um just asking i've been asking just that nothing i can't handle get thrown at me yeah and so. that's the way i leave it
0: <laughs> yeah that's bright pr- that's perfect so simple so perfect yeah. you know streamlined no bells and whistles i like I mean, it
1: yeah because when i try to over explain that i feel like i'm lying and i don't want that i don't want any any part of the conception of a higher power to feel like a lie to me. So Mm -hmm. I'd rather just not say a bunch about it and feel like I'm being the most honest that I can be about having one to whatever degree it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that works. I think that works. John, we've reached the last question. All right. I'm going to ask it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is one thing you would say to somebody just like you in the world right now?
2: Just batting down the hatches for a couple more months. We're so close. And then I'm going to hug every last one of you.
0: I'm going to come out there and hug you.
2: There you go. That's, yeah. I can feel the. I can. you did it somehow through the phone.
0: Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: Digital hugs.
0: Digital hugs. That's my favorite thing to do on a Zoom show is go, who needs a hug? And then just like do this for a second.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really. sorry. I'm
2: all like sailing metaphors. Damn, the torpedoes batting down the hatchets. But That's okay.
0: you're
1: a surly old general of comedy, John. Connor. That's what
2: the pandemic feels like to me. Taking on water. Yeah. That's
0: you're something. you're the admiral. You're the, the admiral of comedy. If
1: someone <laughs> right. Was,
2: if someone was... All the way from Annapolis, Maryland. It's a sailor okay. town. Yeah
1: if someone wants to hear your 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 sea tales and see what you're up to on social media where can people find you John
2: Uh, my Instagram's John Conroy comedy Twitter is Conroy FTW and I've got an album on Spotify
1: what's it called
2: it's called uh, John Conroy white people can do whatever they want
1: there you go (laughs) (laughs)
2: which was made in 2013 during the post-racial Obama.
0: (sighs) (laughs) I love that. Please listen to uh, all the albums of the folks on this podcast. Um, Listen to them, support them. Those, those Spotify checks that they're sweet. So like, get, get them. Get you know, get up on the residuals, baby. Get up there. Well, so. I, would,
1: I wouldn't say the Spotify checks are sweet. There's some. It's a
0: serious ones, they're, yeah. They're, those they're, are the they're ones. A li-
1: they're 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 a little bit of money, but uh, well, any any little bit of help. So if you want to go to your Best Buy and bring up Spotify and all the demo computers and then just play <laughs> John Conroy's album on repeat, uh, <laughs> that, that might net him seventy five cents. So
0: okay, maybe that's I was thinking serious. I was thinking
1: that's help a, help a play out
0: okay give him that 75 cents he's gotta buy half a coke (laughs) dave where can people find you
1: you can find me on all social media at yates comedy y-a-t-e-s comedy and you can order hot sauce from me (laughs) haha hot sauce.com it helps it's more than 75 cents but it's delicious
0: Yay.
1: Anna, what about you? Where can you, people find you and the podcast?
0: You can find me at Anna v is Fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at Anna um, I'm also, you know, on Facebook, whatever. Um uh, you can find this podcast on all social media at 12q pod. Um, twelve Q pod, Twitter, Instagram, you can even put a Gmail at the end of that and send us an email and we will answer questions. We would love to do an all listener questions episode. Yep. That would we, really like bring yep. us joy. Twelve
1: Q Pod at gmail.com. If yes. we can get twelve listener questions, we yes. will be able to do an episode of twelve questions with all listener questions. So if you're listening to this, however you found out about us, if it was an accident or not, uh send us an email with a question that you might have and yes. we will do our best to crank out a fucking hot episode about
0: it. And tell your friends about this podcast. Tell your mom, you know, tell your wife, tell your kids, tell everybody, um, and also tell your enemies. Tell your enemies, be like, this podcast sucks, and then they'll listen to it just to spite you. that, uh, uh, another thing I want to thank you guys for is our, we did our Zoom live show yes. and uh, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, we really appreciate you and we have another one in the works. We're booking yeah. it. So oh, we date,
1: uh, as of this juncture, we are going to be doing another 12 questions Zoom show with the wonderful folks at Bonfire and that is going to be in April. April 3rd. Hang on, uh, April third. Yep. Yes. April Third. So I knew that's a how, thing, everyone. That's how information gets transferred. So April third, look out for that tip ticket link on Bonfire, and uh, how we like to end this podcast. Uh, every time we do it is, uh, John. If nobody's told you this today, we love you, buddy.
2: Oh, I love you too, buddy.
1: Anna, if no one's told you this today, we, I, John, every, we love you, Anna. Uh,
0: yeah, we love you, Anna. Love you. Oh.
1: And uh, if you're listening to this podcast right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, thanks for listening, and we love you. So, Thanks for coming out, gang. We'll see you next time.
0: Yeah, thanks bye. for having me, guys. Love you, Dave. Gross. <laughs>